Who am I? Who are you? It's time to explore ourselves in New Origin Good News. Back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing new origin good news, as I said, Alex. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so new origin good news is just it's that's the so if you break the Greek down from Neon Genesis Evangelion, that's what oh, it means. New origin makes sense. good news. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh which is pretty Christian, right? Like it's a very, it's actually a, a pretty Christian title um, for yeah. this series, and we see that symbolism throughout. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit this week. But this week specifically, we're discussing the last thirteen episodes. We did episodes one through thirteen last week, so if you didn't check out last week, go ahead, go back, listen to that episode first. I would recommend, and then come back to this episode. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. You'll be just doing yourself a disservice. Well, if you ever skip any episode of MVM, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> yeah. And you deserve yeah. uh, 20 uh, smacks with a switch, as my grandmother would say, or something. I don't know. Oh, man. That's oh. rough. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I, honestly... I don't think we should waste any time here because you don't want to know... do sports talk. We skipped it last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. We after our hundredth episode, we just said we were going right. to do sports talk. Uh, all right. Ev- so every week, uh, your quick opinion on the Simone Biles Biles, Biles controversy. All right, we're uh, done. We're moving on to the film. Let's go. No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> that is too much for like. I can't do a quick take for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, let's Maybe go on to the movie. Plus, MVM Plus. <laughs> no, I don't. I do not care enough. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into uh, these episodes. All right. After last week's discussion, we mentioned that the second half of Neon Genesis Evangelion would be far different than the first half. I don't think I realized though just how different we would get. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten most of what happened. Um, now, you've watched this a second time through, so I've got a couple questions to ask you on the second time now, Alex. Number yeah. one, did you expect how weird we got? Had you Basically, had you forgotten? <laughs> yeah. And two, do you still think Neon Genesis Evangelion is overrated like you labeled it after your first watch? So, like you said, I did watch it like eight years ago, so I, I did expect most of the weird stuff. Like because the weirdness here kind of sticks with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is so jarring. I did forget that the weirdness would hit a little earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, when Shinji dissolves into the Eva for the first time. Oh yeah, um, I forgot that 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 kind of stuff. Like a lot of that introspection starts happening earlier than oh, just yeah. the last two episodes. But other than that. It, it was, you know, it's still pretty weird. I, I, it, it's got a lot to it. But this time through, it's weird. I, I'm of two minds because I don't actually think it's overrated at all uh-huh. anymore. But that's not to say that, that I don't think that there's like some serious issues, mm. um, which I could see a lot of people being hung up on. I can see that being why people don't like the show um, for sure. But I'll, I'll hold off. 
for now on the last couple episodes because I feel like it's just so easy to only talk about that because I feel like that's what everyone gets hung up on. Yeah. But in general, I would say the back half of the series takes a much darker turn. Yeah. Uh, it takes an introspective turn and certainly ups the philosophical ante. Oh, it turns it up to 11, I guess, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love the episodes here, though, and I really appreciate all the ways that the show actually tried to save money, starting with episode 17. Yeah. I started noticing a lot of instances of just, you know, talking stills. No, 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 no images move, but we get these really interesting, fascinating, like, conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that the characters aren't really moving, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all, and the only reason I'm even looking for it is because I know that that's an issue that the show ran into towards its end. <laughs> I just didn't realize it. They tried to start saving money this early on. Uh-huh. Uh, but really, though, I mean, it's episode 18 Whew. that we really get that big shift. Yeah. And I love that. I'm all, I'm bad about the friend's name, but I think it's Shoji. Is that correct? I think it's um, Shoji. Um, yeah. Oh, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So episode 18, you'll get that big shift where Shinji and Ray have to fight Shoji while he's mm-hmm. inside Eva three. Oh, is it three? Oh, is it four? No, because three was destroyed. I think is it four? Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's four. Because right. three, three gets three was blown up. They deliver four. Imploded, right? annihilated. Yeah, yes. I think that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they have to fight this Eva, and in, ter- in doing so, have to fight their friends. And it's just really interesting. What well, one thing I did like about it? It's really kind of forgotten about. I feel like is that Ray doesn't want to fight him either because she considers him a friend as well. Yeah. You know, this personality list Ray considers Shoji to be a friend as well, and I really like that little bit of detail. But it's when Shinji has his agency completely removed by his dad, and he's forced to murder his friend uh, while he watches it. Now, luckily, Shoji doesn't die. Which gives him just a little bit of relief, but he's still like super psychologically scarred from having his power taken away from him. Which is, you know, all these moments are just so they're so good and so interesting. Yeah, that that two episode arc is really, I think, kind of the crucial pivotal moment, honestly, uh, where he decides he's not going to fight, um, and so he is kind of shut down and. The mm-hmm. dummy plug is used, and the Eva Ava goes berserk again. Just a standout sequence, and one of those pivotal moments I think has implications for uh, Toji. the rest of the it's series. It's Toji. Sorry, Toji. everybody. Yeah, Toji. Toji. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so like for me, I watched the last six episodes today. I had to kind of binge them. Just Golly, been, Eric. Yeah, no, I... It's been it's so much, like it's so much because episodes like kind of get longer too. a couple of them. Um, that was a lot to watch. Well, it's just you. like content wise. It's a oh, lot man. like, like not just, even length. It's yeah, just I can't like, even process it, to be honest with you. Like, it's really, really hard to process. Uh, and, but let me tell you, this show could be broken into two halves. I really think that like the show really takes a turn right where we split it off last week yeah it's kind of interesting you know like episode 14 right where we left off that has that moment uh where it's kind of a recap but it's done in a different sort of way almost like a silent movie (laughs) um with the intertitles i thought it was actually really cool 
I did too. Um, Even though I complained that. to you on text, like when it first started, I was like, "Oh boy, a recap episode," yeah. and then it got good, and I was like, "Okay, never mind." <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I was like, "This is really interesting." Now, real quick, we had a brief but somewhat awkward conversation about fan service last <laughs> week, Alex, <laughs> and yeah. you mentioned something that was coming up that was controversial. So, but what I was couldn't that remember. Thing? I couldn't remember if it was part of this series or yeah. the movie. Oh, so it it's might definitely be that. part of the movie. No, it's ah, definitely okay. part of the movie. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Because honestly, that stuff kind of goes away in this last Yeah, half. it does. And we actually even start to see, I think, why they existed in the first place. As some of those moments kind of come back to almost haunt Shinji, right? Yeah. Uh, really interesting. But yeah, there's so much to discuss in these last episodes. So I guess I'll start with my critique first. And I, I mainly have one big critique. I actually think the final episodes are brilliant. I actually, I really do. Wow. Uh, I know lots of people don't agree with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I actually, I could understand if someone said those last two episodes, they need to be condensed into one episode. I, I can see that point being made. Um, but I, I, I kind of like it how it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's just even more introspection, which I'm okay with. But my critique actually comes in the episode before those final two episodes, episode 24. I like this episode a lot, uh, but it moves just so fast. Uh, yeah. We've got the character Kaworu. 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 Yeah, Kaworu. Yeah, <laughs> he just needs to be around longer for us to form an attachment to him and for it to all be more meaningful. Like this episode, this one episode has the job of introducing the character, establishing his quirkiness, creating a bond with Shinji, providing the angel twist, and then highlighting that final confrontation. That all happens within that one episode. And then it still includes a minute long still of Ava 01 slash Shinji holding the angel, contemplating whether to kill it or not. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love that scene too. Like yeah. I, I'm all about that. I'm like, that's cool. It's so quirky, uh, but I really liked it. But overall though, that needed to be a longer arc, right? Mm-hmm. This is the final angel. It all is kind of kind of summed up so quickly. Um, as far as like the actual plot and narrative of the series is summed up so quickly you like, don't have time to really form an attachment. And so I guess you would call it a betrayal, even though I'm not sure it is a betrayal. But the betrayal of Kaoru, uh, of Shinji, just doesn't quite feel earned. And you don't quite feel Shinji's emotional attachment to that character. Um, yeah, I, I would call it a, a betrayal. Bit? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I think it's definitely an issue. We, we needed like a mission together or just yeah. more time of them hanging out and becoming friends. Um, so I do, I do have that problem with it. I remember having a problem with it when I watched this eight years ago. I remember that actually being one of my biggest critiques. I was like, God, that was so fast. Like I didn't quite feel like I connected with them. Um, but I will say for whatever reason this time around, I did actually like, especially during that minute long still before he kills them. Um, I actually did like, you know, feel a little something like for Shinji, you know, for mm-hmm. what he's going through. I don't yeah. really feel much for Kawarmu. Right. Um, but 
I like the episode, but like you said, it needs to be stretched out. And I think that that's a consequence of running out of money, probably, mm-hmm. is yeah, that I they agree. had to cram it into one episode because uh, they weren't going to be able to afford anything in the next two. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and so I like everything in the back half of this, except for probably the final two episodes. But here's the, here's the thing. It, my complaint isn't really about the content of those episodes or they're digging to what it means to be an individual. I really love that. I actually like So <laughs> content wise, I love the final two episodes. Um, my complaints or are the dropping of established plot threads, like seal nerve, the county, the council. I feel like the amount that they are, that they left hanging is definitely unsatisfactory. And again, even though I enjoy the exploration that is laid out here in these final two episodes, it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a satisfying way to end the series, which I will admit is okay to do, right? I don't mm-hmm. think it has to be clean. Um, and, and, and in this scenario, I'm okay with it. Like, like I said, I'm of two minds, so I'm saying very <laughs> everything I'm saying feels like a juxtaposition, but I'm just like so split. So, like, we don't have to be satisfied clearly, and that is part of the reason that people still talk about this show and debate the meaning of the ending. And I, and actually a lot of elements of the show, a lot of elements are like debated still, not just the ending. <laughs> and that's what makes the show so timeless. And that's why it puts it at the top of so many people's lists and why it's such a big influence because it doesn't give you all the answers. And that, mm-hmm. that is nice. It's refreshing to not be force fed that stuff. Even if there are things that I definitely would change. Like I, But I'm glad I'm not in charge in this case. This is clearly a story of... The the story of Shinji clearly comes from a deeply personal place for Anno, right? The Mm -hmm. director. This is a man who is clearly sorting some stuff out, (laughs) right? He's, He's sorting perceptions of himself, trying to understand if his value truly comes from outside of himself or if he's just okay with being him. Which, as we see at the conclusion of the series, I think Anno comes to the conclusion that he wants to live, and he want, and it's okay to just be him. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! <laughs> so now, can I tell you what it, the Human Instrumentality Project is completely? No, no, not really. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how it got started. Um, I can't tell if he decide. I can't tell if Shinji decided or Anno, whoever you want to put in this scenario, mm-hmm. decided to accept into the program, or if his decision was an outright rejection. I'm genuinely unsure. As someone who has been reading a good bit about the topic, <laughs> I haven't read anything yet. Or you know, I'm sure there's some YouTube videos out there. Wait until we do <laughs> end of Evangelion and then read to your heart's content. Just make sure right. you don't spoil the movies for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I I, I will probably wait. I, I like to kind of form my own opinion we'll see. on these things, but we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. After even after that, you're like, I have to read. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So for me, I actually love the final two episodes. Uh, I don't have the same problem as you do. Yeah. In fact, I think they make the show what it is. Um, I agree. I agree. It, it makes me, honestly, it makes me a little worried to see the end of Evangelion and the Rebuild series to see what they do with the characters because as it stands, I think the ending is an ending that was forced to improvise because of budgetary constraints, but it uses those constraints to build something completely 
unique and meaningful. You even have that little intertitle at the beginning of the final episodes that talks. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's like it directly addresses the idea of, well, things certainly happened with the human instrumentality project. But <laughs> yeah. We're going to see what happened in the heart of one character, Shinji Akari. Right. 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 <laughs> oh, man. Which I'm like, yeah, I know. I understand. It's it's a cop out, right? Like, it is. Uh, I, but that's I, okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, I would tend to say like it was successful because of the ending, uh, whatever the human instrumentality project was trying to do ended up being successful just because of, uh, how it ends for Shinji. But, uh, I don't think we're going to solve the last two episodes in this show. We might Ooh. try an MVM plus Alex, <laughs> but we're <laughs> that's, probably, a, that's we'll, a big task. It's a big task, but, but, but we won't settle it here, but I will say this. I love how this show handles consciousness and identity. I think it's incredibly mm-hmm. interesting to me. And I think I grasp it now more than I did when I was 16. Because despite its title and symbolism, I think Neon Genesis Evangelion is actually more Buddhist than Christian. Thematically, uh, you've got ideas like returning to nothingness, the self behind the self, the interconnectedness of all things. Those are much more Buddhist ideas than Christian. And while the show certainly feels nihilistic at times, um, <laughs> as one does who is suicidal <laughs> and depressed, that nihilism should also be considered through an Eastern lens rather than through our Western one, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Now, one thing that you mentioned, and it's something I've heard about the show from more than one person, and oftentimes it's said as a critique, and I don't quite understand it, and it's the fact that this is basically Hideaki Anno's way of working through his own anxiety <laughs> and depression. Yeah. And, and to this, I say, yes, and, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, because personally, I prefer a piece of media that is intensely personal, even if that is sacrificed for entertainment purposes, because those distinctly personal characteristics often create universal points of meaning. So for me, whenever you say, oh, this is just basically Anna working out his own stuff, (laughs) I'm like, oh, cool. That must mean it's, you know, very introspective. It's personal. And we're all going to find something. If we want to, we're all going to find something that we can relate to. Yeah. I've I've never, you know, I've never, I guess because I've always been okay with it. I've never thought of that as a... I've never used that as a critique for this. I've always, same, I've always thought of it as people, a good thing, but you're right. It's the same right. people that are that complain that Shinji is whiny. Oh, oh yeah. Let's get over that, people. <laughs> it, it, it is so, that is so much BS. Let's be real. Yeah, there, I, there, I agree. Everyone always references getting the, getting the Eva, or getting the robot uh, Shinji, but... The only time he has trouble getting in the robot really is the first episode. Well, the first episode, right? won, he runs away, and he comes the back. The second then, time, whenever he says he's going to refuse to be a pilot after his father shuts him down. Right. Um, is, is, is this when his father takes control and tries to kill his friend? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah get, he, he's get, actually just Ava, Shinji. Yeah. Like everyone acts like he's the whiniest character, and he's not. No, he always not. he almost always shows up when he's needed, and he definitely shows up when he's not even asked to. Sometimes, yeah. And so it's like, what what is like? How has the internet gravitated to this completely BS meme? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
honestly, like to, to be honest, um, I yeah, to me it feels a little bit kind of like uh, I know you you may not appreciate this phrase, Alex, but I, it's a little bit toxic. It's like a toxic masculinity type of thing, potentially, uh, right? Like just oh, shut up you and mean do like your people. Job. Right, right. Like, like shut up and do your job. Right, you like, you just get over it, type of thing. It's like, yeah. uh, this guy's been through some traumatic stuff, <laughs> and he's not complaining that. I mean, he's complaining, no. but he, he's not compared complaining to, that much. No, compared to what he's been through and like what he's going through, it's not that he's complaining constantly. In my in my opinion, I agree. I'm just completely baffled by that whole thing. <laughs> um, but. You know, I, I do agree with you. Um, and this is where I understand people not liking this for the same reasons that you were saying you like that these final two episodes are just, you know, Anno working his stuff out. I think I, I like it too, right? Um, and I, but I, again, I totally understand why people would not like it. I'm sure you do too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I get all, it. I get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so almost like, so. It's almost like the first per- portion of the series is kind of like false advertisement for the second yeah. half, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Uh, it's a, I, it I hooks get it. you it, in just to yeah, give you the second it half. Does. It like, does. It's what? like, oh, yeah. <laughs> robots fighting. Yeah. Ro- robots fighting angels. Oh, wait. These things aren't robots. They're monsters. Well, wait. They're actually kind of human. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, it goes back to that point we talked about last week, how the episodic feeling kind of becomes a bit subversive, right? In yes. that first half of the series. That's they use yeah. the formula and then completely depart from the formula in the second half. So it's yeah. really it's really interesting how they kind of hook us in with that. And then they're like, oh, you, you got used to what we were doing? Taste this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and you know, and I kind of disagreed with you a little bit about the episodic nature, even though you're totally right, because of the way they present even as one episode and yeah, that it's totally episodic. I mean, that's like the definition of episodic. <laughs> so, right. so but I, I do think it's got a cohesive through line. And mm-hmm. now we get that turn, but even that turn makes sense. I mean, the biggest issue for me really is the mysteries left up in the air. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned, you know, I mentioned SEAL and the other organizations. Their motivations, what are their motivations? But we also have some other weird revelations during those final two episodes, like Masato being dead. Mm. Uh, Ritsuko is dead. We don't know how either one of them died. Um, We don't know who killed Kaji. Uh, That's like one of the most uh, persevering mysteries of the series, is people, people think that Masato did it. Uh, people think a variety of people did it. And, you know, obviously some people think that we don't actually know who did it. Um, we also don't even quite know anything about, like I said, the human instrumentality project. Like, heck, we don't even know quite what Gendo's goals are completely. Like, we kind of get some ideas. Yeah. But I don't feel like we even have, like, a great... We know he's motivated by his wife's death, but that's that's kind of all that we really have. Like, yeah. it seems like he might be trying to make himself feel whole, but then... I'm also wondering, like, why his right-hand man seems to like humanity and that he's not on board for the human instrumentality project. So yeah. why did he let it happen? Mm-hmm. Or did he try Did he try to stop it? I don't know. And not mm-hmm. only that, like, we've had this massive buildup. Of, like, it's not massive, but it is kind of massive in its implication that all these EVAs are being built up around the world and they're planning to attack Tokyo 3 and destroy it. Yeah. But then... We don't follow up on that. That sounds insane, right? 
And yeah. I mean, it's a lot. That's a lot of things being le- left in the air. And you, again, we have to remember, you know, episode two starts with this is, you know, Shinji's, like, right? This is Shinji's heart, essentially. So mm-hmm. we're going into it. We don't know what happened with any of the characters. Not really. Yeah, We exactly. don't know the end of their stories. Because this is Shinji's perspective, perspective of himself that he thinks people see him as. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? And so uh, I don't want to make excuses for it, really, because it does drop the ball on those, right? But mm. this does really feel like Shinji's story. Yeah. And so even though all that is causing problems for me, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, a couple things that you said there. Uh, first off, Mr. Kaji, I think he definitely died, right? I think that's... Clear. Oh, yeah. No, he's uh, definitely dead. But the, the question is, who killed who him? Killed now, some him. people yeah. debate if he did die. Right, right. I mean, we never see a body for him. Um, and the thing is, we see Masato and Ritsuko's bodies, but within Shinji's perception. So, like... Uh, yeah, it's like that to me, it could even be up in the air because um, it's just like flashes of them, right? Uh, probably, I think they're dead, but but um, <laughs> yeah, I think you could debate that as well. I'm, I'm with you, though, when it comes to some of the plot elements, like the Avas that are being built. Like if you're building up a plot point like that, I don't think we should drop that plot point completely. It needs to come back um, yeah. because you're building up tension and like conflict and you're kind of building anticipation, but you have no payoff for that anticipation. Yeah. I'm more okay with the way that characters are left where they are. For example, Gendo. I actually like the fact that we don't get Gendo's entire backstory. We don't get an exploration of his entire motivations. Because you can paint the picture, and I think most people would paint the picture, that Gendo is a villain. And I... I think he is. Yeah, (laughs) I think he is. (laughs) I think he is. But I think you can also paint the picture that Gendo is a sympathetic villain, right? Uh, That his motivations... The way he treats his own kid, though, right? It's kind of hard to be too sympathetic. I I agree. I agree. But I also think that... um, Yeah, sympathetic, not empathetic. I would say sympathetic. This goes back to our other debate, Alex. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, in the fact that he seems something something kind of changes in him once his wife dies. Mm-hmm. He seems also like there's no real evidence that he killed his wife, though Shinji seems to believe that, and some people that's kind of a rumor. But we see in flashbacks that's not really the case unless he's just some if unless he's like a mastermind on a different level, which he might be, right? Um yeah. that planned this to kill his wife in some weird sort of way in order to trigger other events. But something seems to um, change in Gendo after his wife dies. You know, you've got um, uh, Fuyutsuki, who even him, after after she dies, Yui, um, after Yui dies, he, he confronts Gendo and he's like, you haven't done anything in a week. Right. Yeah. Like you still have responsibilities. Like there's more at stake here. I know you're grieving, but come on. Like, like, what are we doing? And Gendo is already like a step ahead. He's got like a master plan. Um, it's interesting. And it's, I, I do think you're right. I think it goes back to this idea of, you know, he's recreating Ray um, mm-hmm. Who is as a image of his wife. Right. 
Mm-hmm. That's not completely explained. Am I right? <laughs> no, um, I mean it's not. He's essentially cloning Yui. Yeah, that's uh, in exactly. a way. But she's also, you know, she's kind of like Kawaru. Yeah, she's not actually, yeah. you know, a human. Technically. Right. Right. Yeah. T- kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. <laughs> right, 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 kind right. of. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Um, which it just goes into this idea that the show is presenting where. Like, what are you trying to do to fill that gap within yourself that's making you feel incomplete? Are you piloting an Ava, right? Which is the case of Shinji and um, uh, Asuka, right? Yeah, uh, and and uh, and Asuka, yeah, Asuka. Asuka or Su- uh, Asuka's piloting because she likes being the best, right? Yeah, Whereas but you Shinji see why she wants to it. be the best. <laughs> yeah, you know, you do, you do. You didn't have Whereas, sympathy for her last week. You have sympathy for her this week. Exactly. I mean, you earned. We haven't even talked about her at all. No, she I has know. a lot, and you know that could be another gripe uh, with people. We don't resolve that story at all. Yeah, right. That that one's kind of left really hanging now. That, that one to me, that one to me is is more dark than Shinji's story, where that yeah. ends up. Right. Because um, she's she's at the bottom of the yeah bottom of the rope. I mean she's um, yeah yeah that's it's it's interesting you know Shinji, but it also explains a lot between their relationship, which I really think is that she just doesn't like Shinji because he's like a doll, and that's not something she can't deal with people that don't. Well, she doesn't like Ray because Ray's like a doll. Well, that right? too, because but Shinji is also like a doll because he just does what he's told, right? He doesn't yeah. actually. And Ray's act. like a doll because mm-hmm. it feels like she doesn't have a soul. Yes. <laughs> You're right; yes. it's both of them. But you understand why she doesn't like that as well when you see a little bit of her backstory. Really interesting. And yeah, we could focus on these last two episodes forever, and I'm sure we'll talk more on MVM Plus. But uh, I, I actually think. From episode 15 on, it's pretty engaging throughout. You do start to see the budget wearing down, as you mentioned, as yeah. we get more stills and less animation. I really, You really start to see it around episode 20 where I'm like, oh, wow. But it works for this show because of the tone it established in the first couple episodes, right? Where mm-hmm. you could say this is cheap. You could also say it's pretty cinematic, right? Um, right. So I appreciate that. And I also appreciate how much we dive into the characters more in the second half. Instead of just settling with the characterization that the show established in the first half, we get even more, including characters I didn't think I liked, like Mr. Kaji. You know, we learn more about him as a character and make it makes us appreciate him. Right. Even though we're not 100 percent sure if he's good or bad either at times. right? Right. And of course, when it comes to the mon- monster action, which almost seems a bit of an afterthought in this episode, Alex, yeah, <laughs> I love what we get in these episodes. Each angel, each angel this time around, unlike the ones from the first half, I think, they offer a unique and existential sort of terror yes. for the Ava pilots to conquer. That's kind of a, a shift, I think, that we see in these final angels. And, and that's probably best demonstrated, uh, as you mentioned, in the Ava 04 angel um and shinji's pivotal decision not to attack the angel because there's another question to debate that the show does not answer is what are the motivations of these angels and does the angel attack first 
It doesn't seem like the angel attacks first, except for the one, uh, which is like the second to last one. Uh, yeah, is it the light one? Is yeah, like the, the halo light one? Yeah, that one was cool. That one's very cool. So what yeah. did you think of uh, the there being a third ray, so that she's actually died twice? Yeah, uh, it wasn't surprised. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like you figure something's going to happen there. Um, yeah, as we saw, there there's just more rays waiting <laughs> um, yeah. to be either you know the dummy pilots or probably the next ray as needed. So mm-hmm. quite interesting for sure. Well, yeah. as I said, Alex, we'll talk more Evangelion because I think I have more thoughts, and I'm sure you do too, <laughs> on MVM Plus. <laughs> we'll also talk about. Uh, I sent you an article about a, a, a specific Marvel tweet about Robert Downey Jr. Um, oh, yeah. I'm curious to get your thoughts about. We'll talk about that over on MVM Plus at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Let's get into our awards, though, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Coolest character award. Who'd you have, Alex? Shinji. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. But Shinji's a cool character. <laughs> you may not like it, but he totally is. He's interesting. He's got depth. He's got everything you want, except for... You know, maybe he won't get in the robot. Just kidding. He does get in the robot. How old is Shinji again? Is he 14? Yeah, I think he's 14. Yeah. And really, though, I like Shinji because he really... My biggest problem with him, which I like about the character, is that obviously he just does what he's told. That's Mm -hmm. his whole thing is he just does what he's told. That's why Asuka doesn't really care for him. Uh, Like she, or That's why she gets mad with him. I wouldn't say she doesn't care for him, right? But... Shinji's character is very dutiful and it does feel like he starts to find his way a little bit, but like we said, he's finding it in the wrong place. And so when he's like exceeding Asuka's synchronization ratings and, you know, he's getting praise from his dad, from Masato. I I like that Shinji. It's exciting to see a happy Shinji, but things go south for him so quick, but he still perseveres throughout the whole thing. I mean, he is... He takes more hits than anybody else in the show, and he keeps trucking, unless whatever happened at the end of the show means whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Unless the final two episodes means he offed himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, but he does does keep trucking, and he does keep finding a way despite being just sad. Yeah. Which he has every right to be. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, Hmm. Yeah, that made me think of that line. I think it's the end of episode 24. He's talking to Masato. And, you know, Masato is basically saying, like, no, like, uh, you had a decision to make after he killed uh, Kawaru. Um, I'm sure we've mispronounced that name, like, six times now. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, this is this is monsters versus men, not <laughs> monsters versus words. We don't really care. <laughs> but... Um, you know, she says, basically you had a decision to make and, you know, like the courageous decision is choosing life. Uh, he Mm -hmm. wanted destruction. And so that's what he got. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. And then Shinji's like, that's just cold because he doesn't see, he just empathizes with the other side, you know? Right. Uh, and cause he sees both sides, which is what makes him an interesting character is he is, able to empathize with characters and kind of get inside their minds a little bit. 
So yeah, even yeah. if it's unwelcome at times, like Asuka being upset that that Shinji is showing interest in her phone call with her mom, right? Um, <laughs> right, that type of thing. I, I love those those little moments like that. So Shinji probably is the coolest character. He may be the only character really. It's all just happening inside his head. uh but i actually i'm gonna go with someone i didn't think about once during the first half and that's fuyutsuki it's the the right hand man of gendo right that episode where he well first of all first off we get the like the sila council of monolithic statues right (laughs) um that are just very ominous yeah, 2001 and Evangelion. Exactly. <laughs> Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and they're kind of interrogating him, and someone calls him Professor Fuyutsuki. And that just, you know, w- from there, we get an entire backstory that I just didn't see coming. And I was very appreciative that we got. Um, yeah. Just because it gave us so much insight in- into not just him, but uh, Gendo, Yui. Like, it tells us. Oh, and um, we we also in that flashback we also get uh, Ritsuko's mother. Uh, that oh, whole yeah. story, uh-huh. all of that is is important, right? Uh, yeah. And it all starts with him. And you and you do see like he does not agree with Gendo at first, and we don't quite see the moment where his mind or his perspective shifts, right? Right. But it's over time something shifts within him. He starts maybe to believe in this cause. And that's also what makes me think like, okay, what is it that this guy sees? Because I'm starting to like this guy and I see this guy's perspective. He seems to really want what's best, you know? So I'm curious what he sees in the human instrumentality project that makes it worthwhile and worth doing the way that they're doing it. Um, Yeah. Because that might tell us if, if this entire thing is good or evil, right? Yeah, we don't get yeah. that, but that's that's also what makes the show interesting. I agree. I agree. <laughs> what about your uh, most memorable line award? So mine comes from episode sixteen, which is kind of a preview episode of things to come. In the final two episodes, we get that introspection there, and, and Shinji has this line. He says, "People have another self inside them. The self always consists of two selves: the self that is by others." Uh, that is seen by others and the self that observes that act. I mentioned earlier, like uh, we see some Buddhist principles in this show. And I think this is one of those. I wouldn't even, it's not necessarily Buddhist. It's just consciousness in itself. Right. right? Uh, And thinking like the self behind the self that can observe yourself doing actions, which is really interesting when thinking about how Shinji ends up fusing with this Ava and (laughs) how, Mm -hmm. you know, he becomes almost like this consciousness of this Ava really like there's, there's layers there, Uh, not just with consciousness, but with the show. (laughs) Uh, So I I really like, I really like that line and the implications. And I think that comes back around and we see more of that explored in the final two episodes. Mm -hmm. I like the way that it was put in that episode specifically. Yeah. And you know, my my line is, it's a little in the vein of something I said last week. So, you know, maybe it's not too interesting. I thought it was interesting, even though it's the same thing. But in the, uh, Misato, after the big synchronization test where he beats um, Asuka, hmm. 
And he, he's finally the number one. She says, congrats, you're number one. And mm-hmm. we even have that conversation uh, with Masato where she's like, you know, he needs praise. Like he'll, he'll kind of like, like, like this. Right. Yeah. And he does. You see how happy he is. And it's like, oh, that's cute. But again, it's like, well, at least it's not her dad that he's putting off his hope, like all, all of his like faith in. But you do feel like you're excited for him, but you also kind of feel bad for him. Like this is like the only couple of times you've ever seen him happy is when he gets praised. Oh, man. Yeah. And so it, that's kind of sad. And it also is the end of Asuka, really, because she starts spiraling after losing to him. And, you know, one of the reasons why he is kind of like a savant compared to everybody else is, I think, because of his mom's death with that Ava, mm. right? And so I think that that's why he's able to bond with that thing so so quickly is because it has like his mother's soul in it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that, Alex. Because uh, again, it goes into this idea of validation and what we seek for validation um, in order to affirm who we are, which yeah. is, seems like the, the main theme or one of the main themes in those final two episodes. And yeah, man, external praise is like a double-edged sword. It really right. is uh, <laughs> because those extrinsic motivators and you can go back to our, my, my educational uh, monologue in our MVM plus episode, Alex, oh, yeah. those extrinsic motivators can be very damaging. Um, if you find your sense of validation in those extrinsic motivators, um, but can't believe that voice acting award. Who'd you have? Uh, I had Erica Lindbeck as Ritsuko. Yeah. I think she did a really great job. This character definitely grew on this back end. She got a little more cold. And then also, you start you start to understand her a bit more. You, you know, you see that she has a relationship with Gendo, just like her mom did. Yeah. And you just see all these different layers of depth. And I feel like she has to play several different characters with Ritsuko. And so, mm-hmm. I gotta give her props for doing that. Yeah. Great. Uh, I chose the one that I think you chose last week, and it's yes. <laughs> Carrie Karenin as Masato. She's just she's great again in the second half, and she has even more emotion to deal with. And it's emotion that could be over the top, but uh, the way that this dub is done, it's not over the top. It feels very natural. So I'll give it to her. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, she's so good. Masato is <laughs> so good in this one. Yeah. Um. So, what about your standout animated sequence? So, mine comes from the final episode, and which I know, and it's not the like random photographs <laughs> that yeah. I could just imagine <laughs> on right. like going out to the street <laughs> and being like, "We we need something here." I, man, what am I feeling in this moment? And just taking random photographs. <laughs> I could see that. That's definitely uh, what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, oh, this is just so atmospheric right here. Like, we're just going to put in the shot of the sign right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much money do we have? All right, okay, we have $5 great. for film. Okay, let's great. do it. Yeah, let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's actually the shot of, we, we get a shot of Shinji's uh, outline. And within that outline of, of Shinji's body, we just start to see flashes of different things, different shots we've seen the entire series. Mm-hmm. And they're all happening within that outline of Shinji's body. And I think it's just a very interesting visual representation of the narration and introspection that's happening on screen. So 
that was a standout animated sequence to me. Of course, there are some action shots as well, but but that one really stood out. Yeah, I mean, there are some great action scenes in this one. Yeah, but mine's like very lightly animated as well, uh-huh. actually, and it's it's almost like the final scene of episode twenty four where he where he kills Kawaru. Yeah, it's a very similar where we just sit there with the Eva holding the plug with uh, Toji in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no reason to crush this thing. Yeah. Absolutely no reason. And yet they decide to go ahead and crush it and try to kill him. Yep. And that the, the the pause before he actually crushes it is it's really good. <laughs> it's so atmospheric. And it really lets you feel like Shinji's pain when it does do it. And he's like screaming for it not to. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's so good. It is great. Uh, my second one, which was the standout, uh, it would be my standout action animated sequence is when uh, Shinji breaks out in the episode I was just mentioning, episode 16, when he breaks out of the angel that had consumed him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after his life support had run out. And it's <laughs> just a mess. Cool. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. It was very cool. Uh, what about uh, your Can't Believe That Still Award, Alex? Uh, mine was part of that episode you were talking about with Fuyutsuki, that, that mm-hmm. flashback. And he talks to Gendo, like you were saying, and Gendo kind of reveals that he already has a plan. And we have that image. There's a, it cuts to the shot of Gendo and there is a shadow behind him that, you know, it's supposed to be the window to his right. But the way it's casting a shadow is it's putting a cross right mm-hmm. over his shoulder. Yeah. And I just love that. That imagery is really cool. You know, it does lead me to believe that that image tells me that he is doing this because of his wife. Like we, we know that he is, but it does give almost like a more sympathetic type of tinge to what he's doing. And it's just an image. So I really like that. Yeah. No, I said there's a lot of Christian imagery in this. And I think it's because we are dealing with, the birth and death of mankind potentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> really interesting. Uh, so my can't believe that still award is also of Gendo <laughs> and it's, it's from episode 18 and it's at the very end. It also it, it does it again at the beginning of episode 19, but you see uh, Gendo's looking out the window and you see, Ava 01, you see the reflection on the glass of the window in the center of the screen, and it's kind of like roaring, right? And then you see that Mm -hmm. same image illuminated on Gendo's glasses on the right side of Gendo's face, which which is also covered with blood. And then on the right side, to complete the frame, you have uh, Fuyutsuki uh, right there hovering on Gendo's right. And it's just so good. Um, I think like it's hard to, I, I don't know how they imagined that shot, but uh, props to whoever did. If that was Anna's idea, it was just brilliant. So yeah. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the show has so many good shots. <laughs> it um, does, it does. So what about your best episode award? Uh, 18. Yeah, 18. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Episode 18 is just such a great episode because first off you get Shinji being assertive, right? And Masato recognizes that assertiveness in Shinji. 
And Shinji has that moral dilemma that's really, it's, it's kind of about his ego in a sense, but it's also about establishing who he is as a person. Like, it's not his fault what had happened. It's his father's fault uh, right. and his father's bad decisions that drove him to that point. And it creates an interesting moral conflict, like those moral conflicts um, of whether or not you should be, quote unquote, the hero in the situation. Those are always interesting. And then you've got the music that picks up during Ray's sacrificial act at the end of that. You've got the way that the color palette um, kind of changes towards the end as as Shinji loses control. Uh, you've got the Ava 01 eating the angel at the end, uh, which you just do not expect. Uh, so many twists and turns. And then, as I said, it also has that shot that I just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, that whole sequence is awesome. And you just don't, you do not expect the Eva to be like, you know, crawling on all fours and growing limbs. all of that. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so bizarre. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think we, so, Eric, mm-hmm. now when you said 18, I think you have decided, you, you've selected a different episode than me. Mm. Maybe, so I, episode, maybe that's an episode <laughs> behind. Maybe I mean yeah, 19. I think, yeah, I think it's another, I think you're a couple episodes, or maybe the next episode, maybe 19, because 18 is when Eva 03, we said 04 earlier, but 04 is what got destroyed. 03 is the one that goes. Okay. That goes big berserk, and then Toj and then Shinji has to take him out. Yeah, so I'm thinking of the episode after. You're thinking of that. Episode. I'm thinking of 19. 19 is the one where he's responding to what happened at the end of that episode. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, I I absolutely lo- again I already mentioned it earlier, but I just I love that Ray does acknowledge Toji as a friend because we we hadn't seen much from her in that way. It's a really cool moment. And then I've already talked a lot about this episode, but I just think it's great. Yeah. No, good, good stuff. Um, So let's, we're kind of in this anime series, Alex. Uh, Let's, let's rate Neon Genesis Evangelion as a whole, as a series, as a whole, without the movie, without rebuild series. We'll do those separate. Uh, Let's, let's rate, the series as a whole. And I, I want you to put it up against um, Singular Point and uh, Dino Xenon that we just finished Ooh, watching. Okay. Where would you rank That's this series amongst those and what would you rate it? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, Evangelion is really great. I, I think I may have overestimated like or maybe underestimated the value of this show when I first saw it, when I called it overrated, mm-hmm. which I don't think was actually fair. Even though if I do, I, I do understand how people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I do have my gripes with the ending and how it drops so many plot threads, but yeah. that got built up like sea leg kind of came out of nowhere and then it gets dropped. And yeah. it, there's just a, there's a lot of issues with the end, but here at the end of the day, it is such an, endlessly fascinating show mm-hmm. asking questions that we just don't see. Right. And that's really what I think about when I think about this show. Yeah. I do think of some of the awesome action sequences, but really I think about 
what everything was, what everything meant, what the ending of this might entail. And the fact that I want to go on reading about it afterwards says a lot. And so I'm going to put this, it's so hard to rank, to rate. I'm going to put it above singular point. Mm-hmm. Um, for right now, I'm probably a little high on it, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to put it above Dinozenon mm-hmm. actually as well. Yeah. And I don't know what rating to give it because I really like it. And then I'm conflicted with those, those negative points. <sighs> Part of me just wants to give it a 4.5, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. You know what? It does things that nothing else has done that as far as I I've seen. Yeah. Cool. Um I'm with you on both areas, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think this is the best of those three series. I think it holds up enough in an interesting sort of way. Uh I think I think Dinozenon and SSSS Gridman are heavily inspired by Evangelion. Uh, like, it's just like looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, that's kind of how you got this. That's where you got this idea and this tone mm. from um, is, is from Evangelion. And of course, Evangelion feels inspired. And we know this from Anno's career and from Shin Ultraman and from, you know, Anno's uh, Ultraman love. If parts of this just feel inspired from like Jisoji episodes of, of <laughs> don't they? You know, like I the, the shadowy moments where in the spotlight moments, I'm like, man, this feels like a Jisoji episode of Ultraman or a Jisoji moment. Um, so like you can see those influences and, and Gridman and Dinozenon feel influenced by um, Anno for sure. Whereas a uh, singular point, is is just as complex uh but it just is never never intrigued me as much as the ideas uh in this show even if yeah. there are more answers in singular point than there are here are there <laughs> I, I, I still don't know i still don't know um the show wants us to think there are answers i, I i'm not sure if there are <laughs> but i i do think this is the best and i think there's a reason people still go back to it and there's a reason that anna was able to create an entire film series <laughs> based mm-hmm. off of it right uh it's because it's popular and it's popular for a reason um and it's because it has these questions that we're still thinking about um these themes that are still universal so yeah it's a 4.5 for me as well because of the way that it takes the giant monster genre and it gives us what we think we're looking for in the middle portion of that first half. And then it subverts all of that in the second half and gives us an exploration of identity and self through mm-hmm. giant monsters. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, uh, I think it's really, in- I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, to be honest with you. I thought like, oh, I like this when I was 16 because it was edgy. I'm probably not going to like it as much now. You know, I've, I've matured a lot. And so like, uh, you know, I've, I've grown up some. I, I right. think it's just as good. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> if if not better, right? If not more cohesive than than I even thought at sixteen. So um, I, I think this is a good show, and I, I would recommend it uh, to a lot of people if you are willing to go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, you know, and that's knowing that a good chunk of the people we would recommend it to wouldn't like it, yep. but they that's would like okay. most of it probably. Yeah, and honestly, that's okay. Um, yes. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to be recommending it to some students this year. That's for sure. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and I'll, honestly, with the, the popularity that anime has right now and the fact that it's on Netflix, I would definitely get some 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 students to watch this. <laughs> Definitely. And I want to read the manga now. Mm. Um, it, I mean, just, ma- you know, you mentioned anime popular, uh-huh. but manga crushes comic, American comic books. Oh, yeah. Every month. Yeah, for sure. And so it's so it's interesting that, you know, manga sells better now than American comic books do in the States. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Uh, it's a good time to dive in and really explore Evangelion because the, the comic is different. Yeah, that's really the, the manga too. is different. Yeah. yeah, that is really interesting. So next week, Alex, end of Evangelion. Uh, I had a question for you before we yeah. close off the show. What the heck is end of Evangelion? Like, what, what do I need to know? Like, why am I watching the show? Is it an alternate ending to what we got? Is it an extension to what we got? Like, what, what am I, what should I be prepared for in watching this? The general, and this is a, cons- this is like, there's no hard answers. Evangelion, there's like, there's no hard answers in the Evangelion universe for anything because that's part of the fun, I guess. Uh-huh. But most interpretations that I see is that end of Evangelion is the external battle while Shinji has that final two episode internal battle. Okay. And nice. so we're going to get to see plot threads wrap up for a lot of things that we talked about today. Yeah. Maybe canon, not canon. I consider it canon because um, yeah. uh, I, I really do feel like it makes sense. There okay. are there is a couple of wrenches thrown in, but you know I won't we won't go into it till next week. Obviously, sounds good. Yeah, can't wait. You got me uh, looking forward to it for sure. Cool. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. We're on Letterbox, Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. You can email us mvmpod at gmail.com or leave us feedback at mvmpod.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus off-the-cuff episodes. This week, as we already said, we're talking a little bit more Evangelion. If you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes. Your review really helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week. Try, Try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. See you all. I'm sure we mispronounced that name like six times now. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, this is this is monsters versus men, not yeah. monsters versus words. We don't really care.